6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Well, City Council is drafting a response after Alberta Justice Minister Tyler Shandro put it on notice to deal with crime and public safety in the city's core. Now, Minister Shandro has invoked Section 30 of the Police Act, giving Edmonton's mayor two weeks to come up with a public safety plan to address the violence downtown and on transit. In the letter to Mayor Amarjeet Sohi, Minister Shandro writes, quote, the people of Edmonton deserve better than what this city council is delivering. Public safety should be your priority like it is mine. Now, that letter came just a week after two men in their 60s were killed in separate attacks in Chinatown. Tim Cartmel is the city councillor for Ward Pihesawin. Tim, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. What, what do you make of this letter and the timing of the letter? Uh, well, I, you know, I think what the letter indicates is, is that is an observation that uh, the relationship between Edmonton City Council and the police commission and the police services, uh, you know, gradually has frayed, has diminished, has has sort of um, uh, just kind of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's, it's degraded, yeah. deteriorated. Yeah, and and you know I think there's uh, you know I think there's a, a number of people in our community that have seen that relationship deteriorate for whatever reason, and uh, you know they find that discomforting, and so I think that's a reaction. So so Tim, I, I wanted to ask you about that specifically. What is what is going on with that relationship? I mean, you've you you you've sat through uh, the police budgeting. You you've you've heard from other city councilors. You've you've heard from the police chief from EPS you've heard from the police commission what's going on why is it so tense right now between these three groups well you know Jaylen I think first of all it takes two to dance and and I think that there's been uh, you know commentary uh, response reply uh, a conversation on both sides that that just hasn't been constructive and I you know I think it's changed since uh, the last municipal election I think there's been a, a uh, a bit more demonizing and a bit more uh, uh, blaming of uh, the police service for sort of all of the the, the ills uh, that we're trying to deal with. Uh, I think that's been, you know, the threat of at least a, a few of my new colleagues. And uh, I don't think that's helpful. And I don't know that the police commission and the police service was prepared for, you know, that kind of, a, of commentary. And I don't know that they reacted uh, very well. So there's certainly a need to reset that conversation. Do you believe it's fair commentary that uh, your, your colleagues are making? Well, I think that, you know, it's uh, at times it's the tyranny of the anecdote, right? So it's a story here and a story there that when put together, you know, uh, essentially brands all with uh, with a brush. And I don't think that's fair. I, I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that there has been troubling incidents in the past that have involved our police service and that have involved individuals employed by our police service. Uh, you know, the, the culture of policing, um, you know, go back 20 years, is different than what we expect the culture of policing to be today. But what that fails to acknowledge is that our police service acknowledged that, uh, you know, well over three years ago and, and has started down uh, uh, a path to reform, a, a new approach to policing uh, that involves a number of the things that we're actually asking for now. Uh, you know, it was work in progress. So, 
is it is it fair from a very broad generalized state? I, I don't think it's fair to brand everybody by this with the same with the same brush or the same tone. Um, but we do have to acknowledge where the, where the system needs to improve. So right now, in in your in your opinion, then, uh, Councillor Cartmel, where where does the system need to improve? What still needs to be done? Well, I think we know that you know the the response to all the situations that we might uh, might consider. Uh, you know, a, a police officer with a gun and a badge in uniform might not be the best response in all situations. So there's a need to to uh, apply the right resource to the right um, and the right measure to the right incident at the right time. And that, you know, we talk about that in all the things we talk about, Jalen. Right? You know, uh, you know, when is it the when do you use a shovel and when do you use a snowplow? Right? When do you use a whippersnapper and when do you use a lawnmower? When do you use uh, you know a police officer and when do you use a, uh, you know a, a, a mental health advocate and uh, an expert when do you use a uh, an addictions counselor uh, you know who is the right person to uh, to approach a vulnerable person that is dealing with their own personal trauma and I uh, but at the same time those situations are not always safe so one of the one of the fundamental things we've talked about going back you know two and a quarter years is the idea that we apply that resource that that when that first call comes in that we react with the right resource to that call for help uh, and that continues to be a work in progress. That is one of the things we talked about last week that is going to receive some funding. We call that a, a co-dispatch model, mm -hmm. a cooperative dispatch model. Uh, and I think that's a solid start. And, and I think we do then begin to see a migration of applying the right the right resource to the problem at hand. Uh, and with that, we're going to identify where some funding might have to migrate to, to away uh, from some of the things that the police service does to other organizations that will be able to uh, provide those services uh, more ably. But that's a work in progress, right? We don't know that exactly what that is today. And do, do you think that this relationship uh, b between EPS, between um, you know the police commission and city council can be fixed? I do, and I think we've taken, you know, uh, some steps to do that. We've had uh, three or four now conversations that are just council essentially uh, discussions with no agenda between the police commission and and uh, council. Uh, and I th and we have another one actually coming up next week. I think it's the morning of the eighth, um, where we're going to have we have this continuing dialogue where we're trying to share perspectives and and you know come to a better understanding between all of us about uh, you know how to approach these these uh, problems and. And how to come to collective solutions. So, with the justice minister uh, Tyler Shandro stepping in with with this letter, I think it also shows that you know maybe the relationship between Edmonton City Council and the province remains strained. Would you say that? Yeah, I would. You know, and I, you know, I, and I, I, I don't agree necessarily with the tactics that some of my colleagues are employing. They that have been employed over the last several years of continuing to point out to the provincial government in public, in media, all of their shortcomings and where they failed. Uh, I, I just don't think that's an effective approach. Uh, and if it were an effective approach, it would have worked by now, quite frankly. So I would prefer that we that we take a different approach. And this is something I draw on from my past experiences. Let's get representatives of, of city council. Let's get some representatives of, of the province, uh, maybe our collective bureaucracies, uh, some of the stakeholders involved, 
just get in a room and have a conversation and uh, close the doors, leave the microphones and the cameras mm-hmm. outside, and, uh, you know, just to, just act like adults and get the solutions. There's a lot of finger pointing going on, you know, between, you know, I think, you know, the city and, and the province, you know, on, on that level and, and on the other level is, or the other uh, conflict area that we were talking about as well. But finger pointing doesn't do, doesn't get you anywhere, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, and it, and, you know, maybe it, it helps identify uh, the issue. Maybe it gives, uh, you know, those you're pointing your finger at clarity on what your problem is. Yeah. Uh, but it sure doesn't help problem solving. And it, and it certainly is not a way uh, to get to a, you know, to a common ground, a collective thought solution. You know, that's, uh, that requires a different approach. And so that's what I would rather go work on is that approach. What, what impact does all of this right now have on uh, the del- del- deliberations over the police budget? Because that, you know, kind of hit pause here last week. Well, here's the problem, right? I mean, you know, and you go back to the language. And, and so just go back to the language uh, that started two and a half years ago of defund the police. Yeah. And we all know what that means. We, we know that we, what that means is we need a more sophisticated approach to uh, the, the funding discussion around all of the social services that make up this ecosystem, police included, but other agencies included. We, we need a better roadmap because what we're doing is, is not effective. But the, but the problem with that is, is that it's been conflated with a conversation that points out all the ills of the police service writ large over time from, from the beginning of history to now in North America. And when you, when you have that conflating language, it is virtually impossible to have a conversation about the police budget that doesn't automatically trigger that, that conflation. You know, so that when someone says to you, I want to talk about the police budget, what people often hear is, I want to talk to you about how bad the police are at their job. And that's where we got to start disaggregating this conversation. We need to have a conversation about the budget. We need to have a conversation about the city budget. It was only a few weeks ago that we were saying that our starting point is an 8.5% property tax increase. That cannot be Mm-mm. our answer. But that means everyone's going to have to, to jump on the boat and figure out what the answer actually is. And that includes the police. They're 15% of our budget. So, you know, from a budget perspective, we have to have this conversation. But to have the conversation, we have to leave behind this, this veiled language of we need to talk about your budget because you're so bad at your job. It's that second part that we've got to leave alone. And only then are we going to be able to have this conversation, you know, fruitfully. You know, saying you might have to have some uh, private conversations with some of your colleagues, Tim. Uh, have had and will continue to have. Look forward to hearing uh, more about this in, in the future, Tim. Always appreciate your time. Thank you for this. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Have a great day. Edmonton City Councillor Tim Cartmel joining me this afternoon.